celebrate Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, our Lord, and our King, who rescued us and died for us. Uh, if you would please uh, begin with, uh, we'll begin tonight with prayer. If you'll join me, please. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus, our Savior. And tonight, as we gather together as your children, uh, we reflect we reflect on the one in whom we find life and freedom and hope and salvation. Now, Lord, it is a somber moment of knowing of knowing just what Jesus went through on our behalf. But we also, Lord, know what happens on Sunday. And so, Lord, I ask tonight that you would provide us just the right amount of grief in understanding our sin, understanding the consequences of our lives that have turned from you generation after generation. The Lord, with just as there is the right measure of grief and sorrow and repentance, Lord, we pray that the grace that flowed from the cross would cover our hearts tonight. That we would be filled with the knowledge of your goodness and your mercy and your kindness to us. That you have not abandoned us, you've not turned from us. But Lord, you enter into all of the grief and all of the sorrow and all of the suffering. Or that tonight we can go to you. We can go to you and say, we love you and thank you. Help us, Lord, to hear from you tonight. We pray this and ask of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, uh, Wednesday night, and just thinking through the service and what we wanted to do, uh, we said, let's get me out of the way so we can praise Jesus that we would reflect on the cross and our response then would be uh, to say thanks to God through prayers and praises. And so I want to share just with you uh, a brief encouragement uh, and we're looking at the final words that Jesus shares on the cross. When we uh, spend time with someone, especially at their deathbed, you can listen carefully and intently and you do so as uh, intently as possible. Some of the softest words ever spoken are also the most powerful and impactful. And it's often the place where forgiveness, encouragement, blessing, and love are expressed. And so we look at the deathbed of Christ. We look at the cross as his deathbed. And we want to hear what does our Savior say to not only the people around him, and the people that he loved, but what does he also say to us? And so I've titled tonight's message, The Blessing of Christ on the Cross. That likewise, when there's Jacob and others in the biblical story at their deathbed, they pass blessings off to their children and from generation to generation. What are the blessings Christ gives us? Let's hear what Jesus said, and hopefully when we respond, we would respond the way the Roman soldier did. 
who after all he saw and heard, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. This is the appropriate response to all that we see in here of Christ on the cross. Right at the onset of Jesus' message for us, he tells, uh, he, he prays to God the Father. He says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Sometimes I think this is Jesus when he sees me trying to fix something around the house. Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. But obviously that's just a lighthearted joke. Jesus looks at all of us and he looks at our hearts and he sets the stage of his mission, of what it is for him, and he uh, brings it into beautiful focus. This event, this suffering, this pain, what Jesus is setting out to do is for the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness for our sins. This blessing is for all who are far away. This blessing is for all those who are near. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. The question is, who is them? Who are they? Well, it's the soldiers that have divided up his clothes. It's the Jewish leaders who have caused the riot and ruckus. It's the disciples who have turned and abandoned him. It's the sinners who rejected the truth. Well, who's they? It's everyone. It's you and it's me. The heart of Christ is on display. The love for the world. In case we had any question as to what Jesus meant for when he said, let's pray for our enemies and, and pray for those who persecute us. It's clear here that he's offering them love and forgiveness. He prays to his father, Father, forgive us our sins, and we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus forgives sinners. The heart of Christ beats for his enemies. For all who are far away, Father, forgive them. The echoes of those words still resonate today. His plea for forgiveness is a plea still for you and for me. Jesus offers you forgiveness. So we seek him and we draw near to him. We thank him for the cross. So we reflect and we consider that Jesus is still going to the Father and he's pleading for you still. Father, forgive them. We love because Christ loved us. We forgive because Christ has forgiven us. Jesus uh, moments later, and we don't know the exact timing of things, but the criminal on the cross, after mocking him with his compadre up on the crosses beside him, he says, remember me. And Jesus says to him, truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. To the criminal on the tree, to the cursed man who did wrong, evil enough to be hung on a cross, Jesus offers him the forgiveness he so desperately needs. I love how Alistair Begg brings this story to life in an illustration that he shares, and he personalizes it for us today. If you were to die tonight, and you entered heaven, what would you say? If you or I answer in the first person, well, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I believe, because I had faith, because I am this or that, because I am continuing on, because I have done these things, the only, we've started all wrong. 
the very best thing for us, the only answer is in the third person. Because he died for me. Because he loved me. Because he rescued me. Because he saved me. Because he's the sacrifice to end all sacrifice. So we consider the thief on the cross and his open invitation to join Jesus in paradise. I can't wait to find that guy when we get to heaven. Just ask him the question. Hey, guy, we don't know his name, so he's going to go by guy. How did that work out for you? Tell us how that went. You were just cussing the guy out with your friend. You never went to a Bible study. You never got baptized. And yet here you are. You made it. How did you make it? What did the angel say? I can see how that would go. The angel said, well, what are you doing here? How, how did you get here? I'm looking at the roster. We, we don't have you here. And the guy said, well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Excuse me for a moment. Let me go get my supervisor. The supervisor, he shows up and he says, first, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith alone? Or how about the doctrine of Scripture? What Scripture have you memorized? Or how many times did you go to Sunday school? Did you fast? Did you tithe? What do you have to say for yourself? And the guy, he just stares at the angel. And the supervisor's exasperated. And he says, on what basis are you here? Well, I don't know what to tell you. All I can say is that the man on the middle cross said I can come. The man on the middle cross said I can come. There are no lost causes for Jesus. No people so far gone that can't be drawn to God if we will only look to the cross and see Jesus, the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world. The inmate on death row, the neighbor across the street, all have sinned, all fall short of God's glory. But praise to God our Father through Jesus Christ, he takes away the sins of the world. No longer are your sins held against you. Paradise, a life with God, awaits sinners who turn to Jesus. We honor the power of the cross when we offer the least and the worst, the far and the forgotten, the so far gone, the gospel of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, and life in the kingdom of God. He offers us forgiveness. He lets all be welcome in heaven with him. And he changes who our family is. Moments later, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple that he loved, he saw them and he says, woman, here is your son. And to the disciples here, to the disciple here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her and cared for her in his home. Jesus invents a new family. For him, the cross changes everything. Jesus is making a new family, one centered on allegiance to the love of God and his kingdom. 
Earlier in Jesus' ministry, he says, My mother and my brother and my sister are those who do the will of the Father. This is my family now. The new family is an invitation to enter into the family of God. Our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our sons are those who call Jesus king. The church of God is not comprised with strangers, but strangers who are family. Family who cares deeply for one another. We remember the cross and we love our church family well. He offers us forgiveness. He welcomes sinners into heaven. He changes who our family is, and he knows our deepest anguish. He understands loss. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. And it means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The weight of our sin brings our Savior to a place he never felt before. The weight of our sin that Jesus carries drives him from the presence of God. He is left alone. Man deserted him. God leaves him too. When we are alone, we have a friend in Jesus. When we are hurting, we have a companion in Christ. He knows what it feels to feel broken and to hurt and feel so much despair. The pain and suffering of the cross gives Christ true and sincere empathy. He knows our pain. He knows yours. It is good to remember that Christ Jesus knows our pain and he knows our suffering. We do not serve a king who is unable to empathize with us. He knows your heart. He knows your hurt. He loves you. Sharon Miller observes that on Good Friday, Jesus does not simply experience physical death, but every form of death, the death of trust, the death of dignity, the death of relationship, the death of justice, the death of peace, the death of love. Every kind of death is accounted for on this day. His cry to the Father is an expression of anguish within this death. He forgives us. He invites us in. He makes us family. He knows our sorrow and he knows what it means to thirst. Later, knowing that everything had been finished so the scriptures would be fulfilled, he says, I am thirsty. The living bread, the living water, the one who could turn stones into bread, the one who could make a fabulous meal right before his very eyes, this man is thirsty. The living bread and living water, the life of the entire world. He empties himself completely. The love that is poured out, making himself nothing, nothing, humbling himself even to the point of death, even death on a cross. I don't know that we can imagine just how thirsty Jesus is in this moment. And it's more than a parched throat. This is exhaustion, degra degradation. This is pure agony. We do well to remember the cross, to take time to listen to the hurting of our Savior, that our God hung on the cross was fully human. He thirsts. If there were a moment to turn from suffering, it was now. To turn stones to bread, it was now. To turn stones to water, it was now. To upend the cross with the power of angels, it was now. 
the agony of the cross was shouldered by Jesus for you. The divinity of Christ is exemplified in his miracles, and the humanity of Christ exemplified in the humility of the cross. He says, I am thirsty. Well, there's a blank page. Must be I'm supposed to be done. This is the last page. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus, with the work of new creation complete, rests at the cross. The work of his miracles, complete. The blessings of his teaching, done. The kindness of his service and washing us, complete. The sacrifice to end all sacrifice, done. The gift of life for all life given. He gives us his spirit that we may have life through his spirit. Rest. It's the finality of Christ's work at the cross. The sacrifice is finished. Death is finished. Separation from God finished. The powers are finished. The powers of this dark age They gave him everything they had, their very best and their very worst. They've given suffering and death. They've given shame and guilt. They've given it all. And God wins. Even in the midst of seeming great defeat, Christ's death is our victory. Jesus, he calls out with a loud voice, Father, I commit into your hands, my spirit. And he said this, he breathed his last. As Jesus committed his life, his spirit into the hands of God the Father, may we join Jesus. Join Jesus in committing our lives in the hands of our Father. And simply say tonight, God, we follow the example of our Savior. And we trust our lives into your hands. The call of the cross is to trust in God. That God the Father loves you and has rescued you and he cares deeply for you. Trust in God. And with this, I invite you to pray and then our worship team will praise that we would respond, that we would remind ourselves that we are forgiven, that sinners are welcomed in, and we can join with the man that says, the man in the middle cross says, I can come. That is your story. And tonight we celebrate one who invites us to be in his family. We invite one who shared in the brokenness of humanity, and he says, I know your pain and I know your hurt. Come to me and have life. Friends, it's finished at the cross. It's all finished. What's left for you is to enjoy forgiveness and a new family in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for tonight, a time to truly reflect and pause on the words of Jesus. 
that these final words are a blessing to us that echo throughout history and echo into our hearts and our minds now to know that we are forgiven, loved, we have a family in you, we are blessed and graced with your presence. You have, Lord, our complete trust tonight. We give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you our allegiances, we give you our devotion, we give you our families, we give you our riches, we give you our poverty, we give you our lives, we give you our breath. Lord, everything in us we give to you. Because Jesus gave everything for us. We love you. And we thank you for Jesus.